We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Uncontested is brought to you by Bet Online. March has arrived and we're only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action. And with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA getting close to the playoffs, the XFL still going strong. Whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. Got three of us tonight. I'm your host, Jacob, joined by Taylor. What's up? We've also got Justin here with us. Hello, everybody. It's just the uh, the the old big three, as we like <laughs> to call ourselves. Hey, you can find us anywhere you download your podcasts. Make sure you go subscribe to us so you get all of our podcasts just immediately downloaded to your device. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. 
uh, Taylor posts on behalf of us on Reddit. Um, so, so go check us out in all those places. Also check out our podcast network, Blue Wire. They are on Twitter at Blue Wire Pods, and you can also find them online at BlueWirePods.com. Tons of awesome podcasts, NBA, NFL. Uh, we don't have any XFL yet, but I bet they're going to get some soon. Uh, NBA, or not NBA betting, but sports betting, uh, NBA draft, bowling maybe. I don't know. We have we have tons of different podcasts on Wrestling, Blue Wire, adding more. We just added a Kings stuff. podcast, so yeah. if you're into like um, – um, like, Bad basketball. You can go listen to, to the Kings bot podcast. Uh, we have a Knicks pod as well. So uh, if you just really want to just punish yourself, uh, those podcasts are great. Just those teams suck. Just so we're just so we're clear on that. Um, the Knicks wall are great, great dudes. It's just I, God bless their souls. You got to cover the effing Knicks. So gentlemen, uh, good to talk to you. We have a handful of things we're going to talk about tonight including uh, some stuff about the Thunder and a very bad loss they took that I had to post-game pot about, and I'm still upset. Yeah, you poor thing. We're going to take a trip around the association, including talking about a former Thunder player who's maybe playing the best basketball of his career uh, and a Jeff rookie Green. who is going freaking crazy in the league right now. Uh, so let's just kick it off with our Thunder themes. Thunder 3-1 and one since the All-Star break. Uh, does that surprise you? No. I was gonna say not really. I think wow. what surprised I, me. I was thinking two and two. Yeah. Okay. Because that Denver that's game, fair. I did not expect them to win it. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, uh, they beat they beat Denver, the Kings, the Bulls, and then lost, lost to, to Milwaukee. Lost they to got, Milwaukee. They did not just lose. They got absolutely yeah. destroyed and embarrassed <laughs> by <Yeah>. Milwaukee. <laughs> I wouldn't say three and one's a, a total surprise. I think two and two was realistic. Yeah. But I, this team's shown they can can compete with people. I think what it is a nice surprise is just compared to last year and the yeah. absolute clown fiesta that was the Thunder after the All-Star break last year, it's nice to see them not falling into that at least four games in. What do you right. account that to, Justin? What's the difference between this year's team post-All-Star break and last year's team post-All-Star All-Star break? <laughs> that it, it's not just the wins and the losses. Yeah. It's the way they're playing. It's the vibe. It's the camaraderie. It's it's everything that goes into it. It's you can see the hustle on the court. You know, it's it's not just that you know the ball's falling the right way. It it's culturally right. right. And, and and so what is it? Yeah, that's why I laughed. Is I was about to say, do you want to hear me do my Dennis Schroeder impression? <laughs> um, He's a, I love a player. Yeah, I love a player. <laughs> I think I think he he summed it up well. Of I think there's just a different culture on this team. The leadership is different, and I'm not trying to use that as a you – know, I'm not trying to take shots at anybody. We all know who I'm talking about. But Hold I on, think, hold on, hold on. Justin, has anyone ever told you that everything you say before the word but is bullshit? <laughs> yes, and they're right. Uh, <laughs> just making sure you know. Okay. Uh, but I think they're – this team has a totally different mentality. They have a different mindset. The way they interact with Billy Donovan is different. The way they interact with each other is different. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, last year, the PG shoulder injury. Right. That we weren't really sure how bad it was, but ended up being pretty bad. I think that affected things more than we realized at the time. And then even Russell Westbrook's hand, uh, that late, season stretch you know he had that hand surgery right after the season ended so I, th I do think there were some injury pieces that plagued that team but overall I think just the mentality is night and day true couldn't so, agree more one thing that has surprised me though 
Uh, I'm not as surprised that the Thunder went 3-1 and because I totally could see them. Just, just the way this team has played, like we just talked about, I could see them pulling off one of those Denver games or uh, the Milwaukee game, one of the two, heading into this past you know stretch post-All-Star break. What has surprised me is how they've won uh, two of those three games against the Kings and then the Bulls. It required quite the comeback. Uh, in fact, the Bulls game was super strange because they were up by a significant amount heading into uh, halftime. And then the second half, they just let that lead completely slip, and it took like a fourth quarter and third quarter uh, like major effort to come back and, and win that game after they were already up big. The Kings game was the opposite. It was they got down big early. They played terrible up until about midway through the third and then kind of turned on the heat and were able to pull off another win. Milwaukee, not so much. And so that's a little concerning to me. And honestly, just because, you know, PTSD um, is a little <laughs> reminiscent of last season because you guys were talking about last season. It's a little reminiscent of how Yeah, last season they started flirting with bad teams, right? Yeah. Right. Now, that the difference is, like you guys talked about, the leadership, the culture, just the way these guys, the, the chemistry, the on-court chemistry, um, sometimes that's enough to pull off a comeback. For example, against teams like the Kings and the, the Bulls, not so much against a team like Milwaukee. So I mentioned this. I don't know if either of you guys listened to my post game pod. If you did, did. there's no hard feelings because a lot of uh, historical references. To it. Pretty impressive. It's like your teacher. It's a lot of historical references. Um, yeah, no, it's like a teacher. Like like, exactly. Right. Good lord. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> I talked a lot about Chris Paul as a leader and what you look for in a leader. And the more I've thought about that, after I mentioned that, I've I've thought about it more over the weekend, and I don't know. I just it's hard for me to think of like a handful of guys that are better leaders for an NBA team than Chris Paul is for the Thunder. Right. Right. Like I think LeBron is a good leader. I also, there's parts of LeBron's leadership style. Like I think LeBron holds guys accountable for sure. But then we also, you know, you see a lot of things and you get the vibe a lot that LeBron is like kind of playing GM and trying to get, young guys and bad players out so he can get his friends in, you know, he's controlling which is like has favorites kind of plays favorites occasionally. He, yeah. He plays favorites. And you know, that's not what you want in a leader. You're, you want your leaders to be as as just as, or even more invested in, in people that are struggling than they are with the people that are doing well. Right. That's just like a general, like it doesn't matter if Taylor it's with you at work or if right. it's with me with students at school or if it's with an NBA team and you have Anthony Davis and then you have uh, Troy Daniels who just got cut, right? It's right. You, you, you want your leader to treat your number one guy like your number 15 guy. Uh, I think Chris Paul does that. I don't know. There's just a, a lot of the th- types of leadership and the things you want out of a leader. I feel like Chris Paul has a lot of those. And yeah, I don't feel like there's, there's very many people in the league that you could say is a better leader of people than Chris Paul. I mean, hell, he's the, he's the head of the MBPA right yeah right the players association and so i think that has a huge part in this and i think years down the line you're still going to be feeling the reverberations of chris paul being with this franchise this year because of the culture because of the standard because of the accountability and because he he's empowering others like shay like gallo like steven uh, to step up into leadership positions as well. So I actually mentioned this on my post-game pod Thursday. You mentioned, uh, Jacob, this um, really paying off for the Thunder even long-term, having Chris Paul here to impact some of these young guys. Um, I read something, I think it was on Reddit, 
of like basically they just kind of summarize an interview where Chris Paul basically had been challenging or has been challenging I should say uh, Shea this entire season to guard the other team's best player and not for long periods and, and nothing you know crazy but challenging Shea to jump out of his comfort zone and to guard some of these these other players and we we've seen his defense improve throughout the season it's just little stuff like that like you said I think will pay dividends for Shea Baisley some of these young guys and just the organization as a whole moving forward and I know we have this as a talking point um, here a little further after we discuss the Bucks game but I think it's the perfect place to go ahead and bring it up Gallo today um, at Thunder Practice, this is per Maddie Lee of the Oklahoman. Um, she posted a clip of Gallo, and he said, quote, I played with a lot of guys in my 12 years in the league. I think he, being Chris Paul, the best leader that I've, I've ever played with, which says quite a bit because that guy's been on a lot of teams, around a lot of different players, uh, around quite a few great players, by the way. And for him to say that about Chris, I think it's pretty pretty awesome. Just, again, shows the chemistry and the, the structure of this team. Just a wild six months of watching basketball from how we were talking about Chris Paul when the trade exactly. first went down. We crapped on that poor exactly. guy. He's a July. cancer and he's a locker room problem and there's a reason people don't like to play Turns with him. Turns out we and might like, know who the locker room problem on that team was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, but it's you got to have skill to be a, to be a locker room problem. Right? <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. Uh, it's, oh, it's I don't crazy. have my sounders ready. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Bang bang! There it is. There you go. Better late than never. <laughs> but yeah, it's I, you can't understate Chris Paul's <laughs> impact on this team. And I think, regardless of what happens with the rest of his contract, having him on the team this full season is going to be so awesome for the young guys of just being able to kind of take that in for a year and absorb that early on in their careers. That's the kind of stuff that's going to stick with them. Oh, definitely. So let me ask you guys this this completely large tangent about Chris Paul, which I love. Yeah. What is, what is more important for this thunder team? Chris Paul on the court or Chris Paul, uh, everywhere else. It's a great question. Cause on the court, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Right. He's playing yeah. like he's 28. He's been great, but I'm, I'm going to go reiterate what I just said basically. And, and it's off the court because this season doesn't matter. The season's been a blast. The season's been super fun, overachieving. Like it's been a, a, a real joy to watch and follow, and I'm excited to see what this team does heading into the playoffs. But in the grand scheme of things, they're not going to win championship, and it doesn't really matter. And so, long term, his his impact off the court is going to be so huge as we're looking ahead to what the Thunder are going to look like in their next iteration of championship contention. Guys like Shea, Baisley, um, having them. An, an option to, to kind of soak in all the knowledge that Chris Paul has. Uh, I mean, he's, he's one of the most knowledgeable NBA players uh, in the league right now and maybe up there all time. So, And just having the habits them, that those guys are building because of yeah, Chris Yeah, having already. them under him, getting to soak all that in is going to be huge. I already agree with that as, as it is today. Uh, but the only thing I want to add on is that we may not truly see the full impact that Chris has had um, off the court on this team until maybe two, three, maybe four seasons down the line when Shea's doing some of these things or, you know, Baisley's picked up some of these things that Chris has taught him. Uh, yeah. I think that's where we could see it, like I said, pay its dividends further down the road. That's something that I, I was kind of thinking about the other day of you think back to Thunder Thunder 1.0, I guess you'll call it, when Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, those guys were young. Like who was it on that team? I know eventually we talked about Perk. 
and Collison kind of filling that role. But like early on, I don't know that they really had somebody like that. So they didn't have their Chris Paul. And if they did, it kind of made me think about Desmond Mason. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Kidding. Kidding. (laughs) I don't have a boo sounder. Yeah, right. They had, but like if they had somebody like that, it'd be interesting to see like, you know, they went through a lot of um, struggles of kind of learning how to win a little bit. And I wonder if things would have been a little different had they had somebody like yeah. Chris Paul on those. Great That's a really points. good point. Yep. That's a really good point. Uh, well, to kind of get us back on track here a little bit with this Thunder team currently since the All-Star break, we talked about it. We kind of poked fun at it. But the Thunder just got obliterated by the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you know, they, they come out of the break. They went three straight. Um they're looking awesome and then just get their brains blown out. It's, it it was after about halfway through that second quarter, it went downhill and it went downhill fast, (laughs) right? Very, very fast. So my question for you guys is how alarming is that game for you? Is is that just a, well, the bucks are, you know, seriously on pace to be one of the greatest teams of all time. And, and you just ran into a buzzsaw uh, that would be like a one, you know, it, yeah, it's just a random Friday night game uh, to where a 10 is like, you've got the the fire alarms of beep, beep, beep going off in your head and things don't sound good. And, and there's smoke and then someone's jumping out of a window and uh, shit's just getting bad. Uh, that would be a 10. So on a one to 10 scale, how alarming is that Bucks game for you? you I'm going to go say, yeah, you go first, I'm going to say a six. Oh, I was going to say a six. Sucker. That's why I went first. <laughs> That's why you went first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it. Uh, I, I. It's not super concerning. It's concerning enough to not be anything less to me, but it's Giannis and the Bucks, and they're just absolutely like a buzzsaw this season, especially at home, and it being the second night of a back-to-back in which Gallinari doesn't play. There was a lot of things stacked against OKC. Was it uglier than I thought it would be? Yes, but I absolutely kind of had that penciled in as a loss, so it's not super concerning to me. Would I like them to see them show a little bit more fight? For sure. Uh, but it, it, I don't think it's anything to be super panicked about. Let me ask you this. You, you guys both put it out of six. Right. Um, they come out Tuesday night against the Clippers. Is that game in Oklahoma City? Yep, it is. Okay, they come out at home against the Clippers Tuesday night after three days of rest, and they lose by thirty-five. Oh yeah, then where? Then where do you move that alarm for that Milwaukee game to? Closer to like an eight. Mm, I don't know if it changes much for me. Again, I mean, if, the, if the Clippers play, are then no. destroying people. Would I want it? Would I want to see it closer for sure? But I think. I mean, they're not going to be playing the Bucks in the playoffs. I guess they might be playing the Clippers, but it kind of seems less likely right now. Um, but I don't know. I think looking ahead to playoff series, they're they're not really going to be facing two teams that are quite on that caliber. So it doesn't necessarily right. concern me too much. So, like, I, I think my answer to the Clippers question is similar to what I was going to say about like uh, losing to the Bucks, and that. The reason I'm not concerned is just like Justin said, there's no Gallinari. And I think this team plays a completely different way when Gallo's out. Um, it's a lot of pushing the ball, playing fast in transition, not very much outside shooting, um, like when Gallo and that starting five's in. And so the game changes a little bit. And against a team like the Bucks, that's really tough to do, um, especially when you don't have Baisley either, which is crazy. I know Baisley's yeah. only a, a fresh or a rookie, but 
still, I mean, it, 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 this, the team's whole dynamic kind of changes when Gallo sits. And so, um, obviously, it would depend against the Clippers if Gallo's playing. The, the yeah, so, reason for concern, though, I think it's just, like I mentioned, the Kings game, the Bulls game. Now this is like, like you said, Jacob, if they come out against the Clippers and do something similar, then you're starting to see some themes, and you're starting to see okay. some um, some habits. So if they would have take just taken care of business and closed out that Bulls game like they should have, this game would and be then like taking a care of business against the, the Kings and the exactly. Milwaukee games. Exactly. Alarm rate goes down for you. One hundred percent. Interesting. So, if, so if they lose by quite a bit tomorrow, if they're not competitive per se, they don't have to mm-hmm. win the game. But if they're not competitive, uh, or I said tomorrow, sorry, against the Clippers on Tuesday, then uh, yeah, my my like my alarm scale goes up quite a bit. Okay, see, I, I would probably be in that, I don't know, like a five for the Milwaukee game. Like, it's not that big of a deal to me. Yes, they got their asses kicked, but Milwaukee had, like, everything falling. The, the thing, it's not the individual game that alarms me about that Milwaukee loss, uh, it, it, just that game in a bubble. The bigger thing for me is the roster flaw of True. this team just doesn't have big wings. True. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they had Hamadou Diallo guard. Giannis like Mm -hmm. homie comes up to that dude's nipples yeah you know it's just and nobody in the league can like really guard Giannis right like I understand that it's like Tommy are trying to guard me exactly (laughs) right um he'd probably just punch you or something uh (laughs) kick you value uh I mean I guess that's kind of what homie did too but you know this Thunder team they just they lack big wings they're Gallo is a, is a big wing yep. that that would have helped. I don't think he would have guarded Giannis great, you know, but he's a body. Uh, and then Baisley is their big wing, right? And he's that their big guy that they're going to have to groom into kind of being that. Uh, I I don't think Baisley's going to be like a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard, right? Right. But into that style of player that is so coveted around the league, the Thunder just don't have those types of dudes right now, right? I mean, they're playing their their future starting point guard at, at small forward right now. Right. You know, so they, they have a lot of guys out of position They're They've taken advantage of their strengths and really minimized their deficiencies. But against teams like that, it, it, it's just, it shows that glaring hole of that, that, that spot on the roster really. Right. Yeah. Now I will say this, so. it's just like a side note. Um, not so this is why they need to go draft Denny, by right, the way. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, it, it, right, I was going to say, one, you can draft one of those players moving forward in that one of the upcoming drafts with all your draft picks. I'm completely with you there, Jacob. Two, this is, like I said, this is kind of a side note, not to completely go down a different rabbit hole here, but are we sure that Shea is the point guard of the future? Or does Presti and Billy really like what they've seen so far this season? And moving forward again in the draft, maybe try and find another combo guard to pair alongside Shea. That's my favorite idea. Mm-hmm. Is, moving is forward, two combo yeah. guards in the backcourt, two young combo. Yep, yep. I, I like that the most. Uh, I, Positionless basketball. Yeah, yeah I'd be exactly. surprised if they moved forward with Shea at the three. Yeah, agree. But at with the that. at the Completely. one and the two, both make sense to me. Agree. You know, so, but yeah, just the the lack of big wings. You know, and there's there's teams in the playoffs that they might struggle with. You know this, and this is part of the reason why we had this talk last week. I think Darius Baisley is going to rack up playoff minutes. Yeah, right. If you play Utah, 
You just need that length and they, they have They have big wings. They have Ingles. They have Boyong Bogdanovich. They have Royce O'Neal. If you play the Clippers, uh, very obvious who they have, right? right. Same for the um, Lakers. Yeah, so uh, the the Rockets are kind of the exception to that role because if you're under six <laughs> foot right. seven, you're not Pocket allowed to play. Rockets. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Pocket Rockets. I I get it. I just don't like the word. Agreed. I love it. I'm Agreed. all I'm on board with Pocket all on. Rockets. Wow. Uh-huh. You like dog boners? Okay. <laughs> uh. I uh, I think of those little like that's what we used to call growing up. Those little, like, like dirt mini, bikes. Mini, yeah, mini dirt bikes. Yeah, I don't know. I just always think of a red rocket. <laughs> it says a lot about you. Isn't that what uh, Matt Bonner's nickname used to be? The, the red, red rocket? rocket. Yes. God, how unfortunate. With the last name Bonner. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, guys. Dog dick is coming in. <laughs> that doesn't incite fear in anybody. I mean, maybe it does. It's <laughs> fair. Don't let him get on your leg. That's all I know. <laughs> I said I wasn't so- trying to take us down a rabbit hole yet i did and now we're talking about <laughs> you're welcome dogs red rockets yeah good Something. boys so just get us back talking about basketball <laughs> um i i've been thinking this last week i just had a thought with like as successful as the thunder have been this season is it a missed opportunity that oklahoma city didn't go all in on trying to win a championship this year and kind of what i've been asking myself is had Presti been able to see the future, you know, back in July, August, if he could have looked ahead to where the Thunder were at the All-Star Breaker or where they are right now in the playoff standings with the roster they have, do you think that he should have or would have tried to make a more aggressive move of getting another piece? Maybe it's a big wing like you were talking about, Jacob, or maybe it's something else like getting an, another piece to really make this Thunder team a true championship contender. I was curious what you guys thought about that. I think no. I don't think he should have, and I don't think he would have. Exactly. I think he would have if he could have had his little magic crystal ball, uh, and you know, cast his like level six magic spell, uh, his wizard spell, and <laughs> looked, yeah, looked forward, um, and and got a what are you scrying? There you go. Now we're getting real nerdy talk here. If he could have scried to the future to see, <laughs> I think he would have said. Oh shit, that's cool. Chris is like really good and Shay, like we can build around him. He's really Butts good and, and seats. <laughs> Gallo's not hurt and it's March. That's really cool. I love this. Yeah, let's make a pl- that playoff push and then let's sell off everything and start this rebuild. Right. Right. I just I keep I keep looking back at the op-ed that he wrote in the Oklahoman. Yep. Like this dude spelled it out. He told us what he was going to do and he's still doing it, right? Right. Even at the trade deadline, he knew that this team was good, and instead of going off and auctioning off all of his pieces to try to become really, really good, he said, you know what? We're rolling with it. He could have went and traded Darius Baisley at the trade deadline and and got a vet. He could have went and traded off a couple of draft picks and – you know, a, a Steven Adams and got something, a couple of draft picks and a Dennis Schroeder and got something, but he's going to write it out and he's going to do exactly what he told us he was going to do because Presti is a very, very long-sighted person. Exactly. Right? He, he's not short-sighted and and jumps on trends and, and makes these changes and, and flip-flops. That's why the Thunder have not been the Knicks and they have not been the Phoenix Suns and they have not been the Sacramento Kings. This is why they had 10 years of sustained success and had it set up to be even longer than that, but players decided to leave. 
he has a plan. He sticks to it, and he's going to see it through because he believes in in the process, right? Right. For for lack of a better term, pulling out a hinky here, he be, he believes in his process, and he's going to see it through. I do have to say that was the worst Sam Presti impression I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, just I'm for sorry. The, <laughs> just for the record, uh, that's uh, awesome. So, I, but I do. I sorry, just to be like devil's advocate here of. I definitely Presti sees the long game. Definitely trust the process. But I think even when he pinned that op ed, I don't think he could have foreseen this much no, success not at all. with this right. team this year. Right. And so I wonder, like, is this year would it have have, have been worth, um, you know, throwing throwing some assets at it for this year just because the landscape of the NBA is so unique this year. The sure. Warriors are dismantled. Kevin Durant is sitting on the bench. Uh, for the rest of the season, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, getting in our mentions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Shout out um, Dame Miller. All right, speaking of which, his, you have the Blazers Twitter fingers who ready. have been injured and are in our similar boat. Yeah, Justin, to to your yeah. Point. So it's like it's such an interesting year where you know this might be one of those years. You look back at at kind of the weird teams that won a title, like the 2004 Pistons. Like, is this going to be a year where we look back and it's like a really random team? wins the title and it's just kind of a blip on the radar, but it's still a title. Like, could this have been that year for Oklahoma city? I, I, I don't know. I still don't think so. Yeah. Could they have gotten something that would have vaulted them into legitimate sure. title contention? And I don't know. Sure. But not yeah. maybe not maybe title contention isn't the right term even like for So let's say that Presti decided to go all out and throw in a couple drop or maybe a better draft pick and a player and was able to pull Robert or outbid the, the Rockets for Robert Covington. Yes, this team would be way better, um, but they're a second, third round team, still not a title contender. And so this, I'm really glad you brought up this topic, Justin, because this was actually my biggest takeaway. My personally, my biggest takeaway from the Bucks game. And, and Jacob, I was listening to your your post game, and and the entire time, I'm like, oh, he's going to bring it up now. Oh, he's going to bring it up now, and he never did. And so I'm really happy to get to talk about this on tonight's pod because, yes, this team has overachieved, and they've been so fun. One of the most fun Thunder teams in OKC history since the team first came to OKC. They've overachieved. We've had fun with this as a podcast. Thunder fans have enjoyed every minute of it, and this team is very competitive, and they're a playoff team, and they're going to make a strong push in the playoffs, maybe, like I said, to the second round. But... It, 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 also, another disclaimer, the Thunder aren't nearly as bad or there's not as big of a gap between them and the Bucks as Friday's game showed. Because like yeah. I said, you know, they're missing players just as the Bucks were, but they weren't playing their best, second half of back-to-back, etc., etc. Next time they play the Bucks, they would probably play them much closer. All that to say that there is still a gap between that tier of a playoff, or sorry, a championship contender and who the Thunder are right now. And to get to that point, it's going to take a lot more than just throwing draft picks to try and get somebody like a Robert Covington or one or two more pieces at the trade deadline. Presti realizes that. And so that is the reason I personally think that Presti isn't going to just go all in or, for example, sign Gal Nari back this season and not trade him away and just keep him, him and Chris Paul and see how far this team can go again next year. I think he's going to blow it up for that very reason because you cannot get to the level of the Bucks, You cannot get to, to the level of the Lakers maybe not even the level of the Clippers, without in a small market, another disclaimer, you can't do that in a small market without building through the, yeah. through the draft. And no, he's not going to hit three out of the park you know, home runs 
drafting Russell Westbrook 2.0, James Harden 2.0, Kevin Durant 2.0 in consecutive drafts. But what he can do is use Shea and Baisley and continue to develop these guys while using some of those draft picks to to move up in, in drafts and select the right players to build to help build and, and form the next Thunder team that can be a championship contender. So that's a very long answer, but all of that to say that no, I don't think he he does wish or, or regret, or I, I don't think he will regret not pushing all the chips in this season to try and win a championship, even if there is a lot of instability in the league right now. Let me throw another what if at you guys real quick, uh, because Justin, I, I think this is a fascinating oh, question, yeah. and, and, one and of my favorite it could go so many different ways. Time. But Taylor, you brought up something that I've been thinking about that I wanted to propose to you guys. It's like let's we're close say, friends or something. Look at us. <laughs> let's say that this Thunder team makes it to the playoffs. Uh, they play Houston or Denver in round one, and they win. Right. And they go on, and let's say they play uh, the the Lakers or the Clippers in round two, and they take it to six games, and it's really competitive, and, and they lose in like the last few minutes of game six, almost forced to game seven. Do you think there is a chance that they just run it back next year? I mean, they have they have the draft picks like trading Chris Paul and and sign and trade Danilo Gallinari and getting rid of Schroeder and getting rid of Stephen Adams nets you more assets. And I get that, and that's also like you bottoming out. You can't control what the Clippers picks are going to be, or what the Miami picks are going to be, or what the Houston picks are going to be. You can, to an extent, control what your own picks are going to be. If you trade off all your good players, your your own picks are going to be pretty damn good. Right. But if they made a legitimate playoff push, and and really made some noise, do you think there's a chance they just they run it back with Shea a year older, with Baisley a year older, with with Ferg and Homie a year older? Uh, with everybody on the same page, is there a chance they'd run it back, or do you think, regardless of what happens this playoff run, there it's it's this summer is is time to say goodbye? So I don't think the playoff push is what would dictate that decision. I think what that would do is give Presti options. So when he's heading into uh, the summer in the free agency period, if he doesn't get an offer that he likes for Chris Paul still, or if he doesn't get an offer that he really likes for Danilo Gallinari, um, he can say okay. I'm going to hold on to them still, and we'll try again at the trade line. Um, and it, still, if I don't have anything then, then I'll try again uh, next summer. Just keep kicking the, the rock down the road? Exactly. I don't think a, a deep playoff push this year, unless they like just absolutely shock us and go all the way like to the conference finals, I don't think that would necessarily dictate that decision. I think it's more so um, the return he's able to get for some of these players. Uh, God, if they rebuild. could play Houston round one and win... That'd be wild. And then play the Clippers in round two and win and beat <laughs> the two former superstars that were on this. What a storyline, man. Oh, that would no be kidding. Wild. And then take the Lakers to five, six, seven games. Like, yeah. Be cool. Yeah, I, I'm i with you. I don't think that um, playoff success would change things. Well, I, I do think it's interesting to entertain the idea of, you know, should they have gone for it this season? I do think everything you guys said is accurate about Presty playing the long game. Um, I think what Taylor said is a plausible scenario, but I think ultimately, um, you know, this team's built for the future. It's like he said in his op-ed of the worst place to be is in the middle. And if you're not winning a championship or you're not making the conference finals, then on a regular basis, then you're one of the teams in the middle, and that's what he's trying to prevent against. So I think right. I think you probably see those moves um, when when the right deal comes along. 
Totally agree. So I don't know. It's 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 all an it's interesting fun. discussion, yeah. though. It's really fun. Um, hey, just a couple more Thunder themes, real quick, because we want to move around on to around the association. Uh, Dre back with the team. He's back in Oklahoma City. He, he was is. at the practice facility the other day, um, but he has yet to practice. He's been doing workouts and and rehab. Anything to read into this? I mean, I'm, I was surprised. Yeah, that was right, probably I the was most surprised. surprising Thunder thing last week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm happy he's on the bench again because I think he's been huge for some of these young guys, like the Dorts and the Fergusons. Um, and you know, maybe that's something that will kind of help. For, although Ferguson seems to be kind of coming out of his little funk that he's been in, um, that's somebody who could really help him gain confidence again. And so uh, for him and Ferg both, like it's really nice just to have him on the bench. Now, I don't think this means anything because he still has not practiced yet. And he's been here for like a full week. And I'm just going to be completely honest. I've said this before. I know all of you guys agree. I think you guys have all said it as well. I don't think Andre Robertson plays an NBA game probably for the rest of his career. Yep. I don't I don't think he'll be in the league anymore. Right. I love the dude. I don't think right. he's going to be in the exactly league anymore. Right. So, yep. uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot to read into here. Um only other Thunder theme this that we funny. wanted to bring up uh, was LeBron James the other night gave a story about uh, kids coming in the league now and how they are closer to LeBron's son's age than LeBron's age, right? They relate more to his sons than him. Uh, and he specifically mentioned Darius, ba- Darius Baisley and Darius Garland. Is it Darius Garland? Mm-hmm. They're Darius, both Dariuses. Darius squares. It, do you call two Dariuses Darius. Dariuses or Darii? Darii. Either of you guys have this have this story pulled up or or want to explain it to our listeners who have not heard it yet. Yeah. So I I don't have it. it, it nobody really transcribed it. Um, it was just like a video. Uh, and Justin, actually, you're the one that brought it to our attention. So if you if you want to go for it, yeah, interrupt me. Basically. Um, what I thought was funny about it was just the the changeover in the league. You know, LeBron mentioned that Baisley and Garland came to his house, uh, played with his kids. Because they're both clutch, called his wife, clutch clients. Clutch clients, so that makes sense. Um, called his wife Auntie Savannah. <laughs> and I just think it's it's interesting to see. Like, I can't remember another time off the top of my head where you had this kind of, like, changing the guard happening in the league when the guy was still in the league. Like, I think that's, what's cool about LeBron, not just being in the league, like Vince Carter is still in the league, but like still being like a fixture in the league, but seeing how these younger guys are coming in and they probably do relate a lot more to Bronny than they do LeBron. Um, I think it's fascinating to see kind of the generational turnover that's taking yeah. place in the NBA right now. And he was saying Definitely. he was saying that they uh that Baisley and Garland like they came over they're playing basketball in the in the front yard with uh with Bronny and Bryce and then they go inside and they're playing video games with them. And it's not like you know that they're coming in and like drinking a glass of wine and and being super sophisticated. They're not even old enough right? to drink wine. Right. You know? True, right? right? Exactly. Right. Exactly, with with LeBron and Savannah. Um, and that was my favorite part. He said one of them, and I think he said he wasn't going to say which, um, called Savannah uh, auntie. Uh, and, and, like, you know, obviously, jokingly, Savannah wasn't, like, mad at that player, but it just made her feel really old. And so she was like, ew, auntie. 
Um, <laughs> so I'm curious what you guys think. Was it obviously we don't know Garland all that well because we don't oh it's 100 percent Darius Baisley. I, I was gonna say it just it feels like his personality. You know we've known that guy's personality well enough now. <laughs> exactly. It was Baisley, and he knew that was gonna bug her a little bit. That's why he said it. Oh, I love Darius Baisley. Hey, speaking of Darius Baisley, I was covering the OKC Blue game out at the Cox Convention Center Saturday night. Uh, If you saw my tweets, and we retweeted them from the account, uh, Homie, Shay, Lou, Darius, and Mike Muscala all showed up. Mike sat like 40 rows up, like by himself. I think he was with his dad. And, uh, and, but Dr. Muscala. Yep. The, (laughs) the 22 and younger kids sat down on the court. Um, But afterwards, they were down there kind of messing around and Baisley was, was kind of jumping around and putting up shots and stuff. And that knee looks pretty healthy. If I had to put some money on it, I would guess he would come back a lot closer at that four week range that they gave, uh, than the six weeks. Cause they said four to six. If I had to guess, I would say it's going to be a lot closer to that four. He looks pretty good. That's we saw him jumping news. on the jumping up off the bench the other day too. So looking pretty healthy. Uh, I think so. I love it. Yeah, love it. I can't wait for him to get back. I like that kid a lot. Uh, all right, guys, let's take a trip around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. All right, we can't start talking about the league as a whole and not talk about Russell Westbrook. This dude has been insane lately, uh, playing like MVP Russ from the year that Kevin Durant left, uh, maybe even better than that. What are you guys seeing from Russell Westbrook, and what's the biggest shift in his game and, and how he's performing now compared to last year when he was a year younger and was not playing well in Oklahoma City to close it out? So I have some fun starts, uh, stats here to start us off, and I want to get Justin's opinion. Points in the paint leaders since January 1st. This was posted from uh, Kirk Goldsberry. The first since January 1st is Russell Westbrook at 20.3 points in the paint. Second is Zion at 17. Third is Giannis at 16.8. And then you have Ben Simmons, DeAndre Ayton, and Montrez Harrell. Um, stat Muse tweet this out russell westbrook this month 33.4 points per per game 7.3 rebounds six assists here's here's the pretty crazy part 54.9 percent field goal percentage 40 percent from three rockets are seven and one in rest place in february and then the other one i have here um he recorded his 37th career 40.5 rebound five assist game on saturday in a win against the celtics that is the fourth most since the nba aba merger passing larry bird and the, the fun stat here in this tweet from ESPN Stats and Info is that Westbrook has shot at least 50% in seven straight games, the longest streak of his entire career. I believe it. That's crazy. It's it, wild. It, it's He's evolved into the best version of himself, which I think we saw at different points in flashes during his Oklahoma City career. But there was always the narrative of like, good rest, bad rest, and he couldn't ever really shake bad rest. And so I've been surprised with the ability and the consistency at which we've seen good Russ this season. I don't know if it just took like a change of scenery to bring that out or what. Um, but I, I think it has been kind of an evolution of his game. It's a little frustrating as a thunder fan and somebody who 
watches the Thunder most often uh, to see him doing this in Houston and not like the last two years when the Thunder had Paul George. But I think it's awesome to see as somebody who just like is a Russell Westbrook fan and loves loves the guy. And I, I like to see him turning this corner and kind of having a little bit of a career renaissance after the last two years where he took a lot of crap. Yeah, and the, the past few years he's taken a lot of threes and he's not taking threes down in Houston anymore. I think – I don't think that's because like, oh, Houston got to him and Billy Donovan couldn't coach him. He let yeah. him run wild. I don't think it's any of that stuff, right? Well, um, Taylor, and, if you stay at your place of work for 30 years, right. you're going to become pretty established. Right. And when people come in and, and newer people and they, they try to tell you that you need to change stuff up and do stuff differently, you're probably not going to be receptive to that. Who are they? You've right. been here for 30 years. Right. But then if in 30 years from now you're still at that company and then the next year you leave and you go somewhere else – and those people start telling you to do something, you're the low man on the totem pole, and you're more receptive to that. Right. I think maybe this that's what's going on with Russ in Houston. So here and is- I think that's that's the thing. It's there's a twist to it that I'm seeing starting to seep out of Rockets Twitter that kind of rubs me the wrong way. And yes, it's that's almost true. like it's like taking credit for Russ's evolution. Um of like, oh, you know, we don't have the the stat patter Russ. We have you know, optimized analytics rust that's taking the smart shots and really, really affecting games, not just chasing stats like he was in Oklahoma City. And again, it goes back to the same argument we had for years about Russell Westbrook and how he wasn't stat padding, he was impacting winning. I think Rockets fans are coming around to that and seeing that firsthand, but they're twisting the narrative in a way where they're almost taking credit for changing him and improving him. And I feel like, you know, depending on how the Rockets do in the postseason, that narrative could expand and get a little out of control. And that would be some like awful revisionist history that we'd have to deal with. So definitely. But but also, sorry, Taylor, I don't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say, I don't agree with that, but I do think they've optimized Russ by placing a shooting center around him. That is what I'm getting at. So here's my counter argument. Um, we keep calling and not just us like on the podcast but i'm talking about like the tweets that i've been seeing for the past you know basically this past month of february and there's like you said justin there's a lot of people calling it an evolution of russ an evolution of his game uh, at this next era of westbrook's career that he's like changing his game i don't think he's changing a single thing um this is what us thunder fans had envisioned for a long time like why why are we playing andre robertson and kendrick perkins why why do we have these long athletic well, seriously though why are we yeah. why do we have these I still long don't athletic know why we started Kendrick Perkins in the NBA yeah, right like why do uh. we have these long athletic wings that can't shoot and trying to, to teach them how to be offensive players why didn't he do the opposite why didn't he get oh, sorry Presty and you guys know how much I love Presty another little disclaimer but why did Presty not surround him with these shooters and shoot imagine Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook I think Nate Jones was tweeting about this earlier today you don't even need to play a center with them because you have KD and you have the the most, I mean, the greatest rebounding guard in NBA history in Russell Westbrook. Well, I, one of the best rebounding guards in history and, and, and Russell Westbrook. So why didn't Presti, he maybe not go all the way in because obviously it's a different era right now in the NBA. Yep. So you can still play a center like a Steven Adams, for example, but why not surround him with some of these better shooters and just, you know, rely so heavily on Dre. So it, my question for you guys, is it really an evolution 
Or has Houston just found the way to truly unlock Russ's full potential, giving him space to to create and and drive, and then combine that? You know, I think that's increased his confidence, which has uh, therefore led to him making some of his pull up uh, cotton shot is what he's always called it. He's he's making those at a higher clip this season than he has the past two. I think a lot of that's because he's getting to the rim a lot more and has more space to operate. Couldn't agree yeah, more. I think the the my biggest like fear is that this pocket rocket experiment, the ultra small ball works out, the Rockets win a title or I don't know, make the finals. I don't know what success feels like for them. Right. But ultimately it becomes a kind of another feather in Daryl Morey's cap Ugh. in the kind of like Morey versus Presti battle. Exactly for the reason you just said of like he had Westbrook for 10 years and couldn't build around him. Morey had him for one season and built this like radical roster that, right. you know, through the NBA on its head. Like yeah. that would just be like vomit. Yes. I yes. Agree. But we, we talked about this with Presti earlier. Presti doesn't jump on with hot trends and, and things that are like flash in the pan. Right. Presti is longevity, and I feel like Daryl Morey, for multiple reasons, is not that. Right. Yep. Right. I, I feel like that's not his personality. He's always big game hunting and, and free agency and in trades. He's always trying to, to counter something to the league, try something new and different, uh, especially with this, this small ball revolution. And maybe he's just doing it because he's got to try something because his job's on the line. Yeah. No, that's right? a good point. Yeah. No, right. totally. And, and, and desperation brings out uh, brings out some wild stuff in people, right? So, it, it's fascinating. It's, it really is fascinating. Speaking of uh, things that are fascinating, though, uh, Westbrook has tons of skill. Whenever you guys think of p- NBA players who don't have skill, yeah. who do you think of? Kyle Singler. Yeah, I was going to say Kyle oh, Singler. Just because being mean to Kyle. <laughs> we're Thunder fans, so that's Sorry, the first Kyle. one that comes to our head. All right, um, give me another NBA player with no skill. Um. Man, uh, goodness, this is tough. Yeah, well, Giannis get, doesn't come to your head. Yeah. But <laughs> Lord have mercy whenever Harden thinks of players that don't have skill. He thinks of Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is kind of wild. So we know that Giannis was, was taking some little pot shots at Harden. Uh, in the All-Star Game draft, Giannis says, oh, I'm going to draft Kemba Walker because I want someone who will pass to me. Uh, taking a shot at Harden. He was joking around at All-Star Weekend, saying that like Harden doesn't play defense. Our game plan was whoever Harden was guarding, we were going to go after him, blah, blah, blah. Giannis was having a good time, and it seems like James took it a little personally. In a recent interview with Rachel Nichols, James Harden says, you know, I have to develop skill. I have to learn to play basketball. I'm not just seven foot and can run to the rim and dunk. Yeah, so he says. Uh, making a reference saying that Giannis has no skill. Uh, unfortunately, he made those comments the day that Giannis played the, the okay, Oklahoma so Thunder. City Thunder. Or that's when the interview got released. And yeah, so that's when the interview got released. Says, at I, average, I average more assists than him, I think, he told Nichols. I don't see what the joke is. Then he says, I wish I could be seven feet. I wish I could be seven feet, run, and just dunk. That takes no skill at all. I got to actually learn how to play basketball and how to have skill. I'll take that any day. Shots fired. Any validity to Harden's argument? No. Giannis is so damn skilled. I mean, that's the thing is, is like, I, you know, I was that kid in high school 
that was probably only on the basketball team because of my genes. <laughs> and <laughs> but like it'd be different if Giannis was really just like a giant that could dunk. Like Harden's describing Giannis like he's Boban. Right. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what makes this ridiculous. Um, and this is coming from a guy that like has basically made a career off drawing fouls and like just running into refs. people and falling. And is so it's like, apparently a skill. I mean, it is a skill. Yeah. Drawing uh-huh. a foul is a skill and God bless him. He has like, deception is a skill, <laughs> but like, how about that? If, deception is a skill, <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, to say that Giannis has no skill is ridiculous. Yep. And I know he doesn't mean it literally, but, uh, I would also like to, formally blame James Harden for the pounding that the Thunder received in Milwaukee because I I feel like Giannis has been on a tear ever since Harden made those comments. So how's this? I, even if I don't agree with what Harden said, I'm all about it. We need more of this in today's NBA where everybody's buddy, buddy. And Hey, you want to join me this summer? Um, on on my team, a little bit nasty back in it, right? I like, Get a little rivalry. I like it. You know, you know what would make this the best is that this summer when Harden refuses to even show up to the award ceremonies, uh, the award show night, because he's not going to win MVP because Giannis is going to get MVP and defensive player of the year and be right. the third person in NBA history to do it. When Giannis gets up there and says, man, I don't know how I won this without any skill. <laughs> oh totally my gosh. That would be while, incredible. And then someone will show the tweet. Uh, of that quote to Harden while he's in a strip club in Atlanta. Uh, it'll be wonderful. It'll be wonderful. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Have you guys looked recently at all at pictures of Giannis from his rookie season? Oh, yeah. He looks like a baby. It's crazy. That man got yoked. Oh, my Just God. He's face He went from, like, baby face to grown man. Yeah, he went from, like... And he's my age. <laughs> I'll have her home by 10 to she calls me daddy yeah, now. Right. <laughs> Literally. So the only game that I've ever gotten to sit courtside at, which is an incredible experience, yep. was a couple years ago against the Bucks, the infamous oh, game where so Giannis cool. stepped out of bounds. Oh, that's but even just cooler. Being floor level with Giannis is it's terrifying. Like he, he seems more than human. Um he is so large and so muscular. Like when you're down there, even a guy like Eric Bledsoe that looks small on the court looks enormous. So then think about Giannis who actually is enormous and it's not like I'm small. Like I'm, like I said, six foot seven, but he, he made me feel like a baby. That's crazy. And dude, speaking of Perry Jones made me feel small. Right. (laughs) Whenever we hung out with Perry, like six eleven. Yeah. Six ten, six eleven. That's crazy. Yeah. Perry made me feel like a child. Perry's a big fella. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He is a nice guy. Big fan of Perry. So, Let's shift and talk about uh, another even, big fella. Not even shifting, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, let's talk about another big fella, thick boy. Another giant baby. Yeah, Freaking this guy's major. got about four four C's in his, in his thickness. Zion <laughs> has now scored 20-plus in 11 straight games. Ooh, 30 tonight. Yep, only other plus. rookie. The only other rookie to do that since 2000 is Blake Griffin, and Blake Griffin went for 14 straight 20-plus games. Zion's already at 11. Uh, Zion is also the only teenager to ever do that. That ma- dude, Zion looks like he smokes a pack a day, has two kids and a mortgage. <laughs> Terrifying to think of He's him. He's nineteen and kind years of hilarious old to think of him as a teenager. It's so true. <laughs> My God. So 
my first question was Zion break Blake's record of 14 straight with 20 plus the 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 Pelicans next three which will get Zion to 14 is the Wolves the Mavs the Heat oh yeah it doesn't matter who he's playing against. He's going to be able to find ways to just body his way to the rim and get at least. Is there anybody plus. that can match up with him in the NBA right now? I mean, I don't. I don't know Not if there's well, anybody so. that can shut him down. Right? Yeah. He's you one think of those of the, players that you might, you know, your best hope is that you slow him down. But I don't think there's any stopping. He's got to so find ways to get him in foul trouble. It's a question of where's his floor. Right? Is it twenty points a night, and you live with that, and this becomes a regular thing, or can you get him God. lower? Right is the guy that's only been playing NBA games for two months. Is his floor twenty <laughs> points a night? Well, Jeez, scored, that's a little Christ, bit of hyperbole 30, for sure. But like, 30, it's crazy. Thirty-five points tonight against the best team in the West. Yeah, who has LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Granted, JaVale McGee? AD didn't play tonight, but still, oh, okay. still. Speaking of, did you guys see that video of it was a guy imitating Zion Williams? playing basketball yes it's perfect and, like his the run is so so funny it's like he doesn't bend his knees at all and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible it's wild which is uh, yeah wild well, to see how springy he is without even uh, yeah it's crazy God, i don't know how you get that much mass of a human off the ground that high like that just breaks physics zion can jump so damn high it's just him stupid. and Giannis, like we talked about earlier is just freak of freaks of nature it's absurd like could you imagine how much how much money? This is not a question on on the 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 podcast outline, but I'm going to ask it anyways. How much money would someone have to pay you to let Zion just punch you as hard as he could? Oh my gosh, <laughs> five hundred bucks. You taking like, it? Take a charge or something like that? No, God, no, did you kidding. see the charge that that Kuzma drew on him, where Kuzma like got rammed and then like instead of falling <laughs> backwards, um, Zion, like, somebody from the Pelicans. Him. Was was right behind him, so Kuzma just got freaking sandwiched. <laughs> God, it looked painful. But how five hundred dollars? You letting Zion just punch the shit out of you for five hundred dollars? No, not for five hundred. Here's the thing: five hundred plus he pays medical bills. No, nope. Here's the thing: wow, it, 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 have, like yo, you, you guys have high paid jobs. That's what this is. I teach public <laughs> education. Hand me the five hundred. No, but listen, it's like you've heard of of a, a dying star, how it like collapses in on itself and <laughs> that's just what like, your chest is going to do. It just, it, it just turns into like a black hole. That's what happens when you get punched by Zion Williamson. <laughs> like it's a win. $500 doesn't fix that. You either become you $500 richer or you become, you get down in the annals of history as the dude who died at the hands of Zion I mean, Williamson. You know what $500 gets you if you get punched by Zion? Is like a nice tombstone. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> that's about all you all oh you can my afford. God, he dude, he's insane. Uh, he's insane. So my other question about Zion: small sample size, but how good is Zion? He is the. If you had to say he is the best prospect since blank in the NBA draft, who would you say? Hmm, it's a great question. I mean, when we were brainstorming earlier, uh, uh, prior to the pod, I think. We, uh, Jacob, you mentioned Anthony Davis, and I think that's probably fair. But it seems like he's even more hyped than AD was coming in. Like he honestly, and another cop out, easy answer. But I just think it's true. I think he might be the biggest prospect we've seen since LeBron. It's pretty close, just because Definitely of the hype. The most like hype, right? Just just because of the yep. hype alone. Looking back at these drafts, though, trying to figure out who my answer was. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, there was some rough uh, picks. I hope I hope Presty gets it right and doesn't draft like uh Anthony so Bennett. Anthony Davis went number one and then Michael Kidd Gilchrist went number two. Ugh. Yikes. Right. Ugh. Um Victor Oladipo went number two because Anthony Bennett went number one. Yikes. Yikes. Right. Anthony Bennett has played 150 NBA games, total of 1,900 minutes. Yikes. That's honestly more than I would have guessed. That's yeah, wild. no, honestly. <laughs> That's wild. Um, you know, you got like 2014 when Jabari Parker went number two overall, right? Nick Stauskas went number eight. God, you got to love the Kings, man. Gotta love the Kings. Kings. It's Sauce so Castillo. bad. So bad. Jalil Okafor, number three. Mari Hazonia, number five. Willie Cauley-Stein, number six. Emmanuel Moutier, number seven. Stanley Johnson, number eight. God, this was a bad draft. Really bad. Jeez. So I, I would go Anthony Davis. I'd say Zion is the best prospect we've seen since AD. I think that's fair. And I think, I think it's pretty – I also love that because AD went number one overall to New Orleans Pelicans. Mm. Right? Zion Parallels. goes number one overall to Parallel, New Orleans. yeah. I love it. Time's a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. I've never really <laughs> understood that saying, but I like to say it anyway since it makes me sound smart. <laughs> Any other Zion things before uh, we wrap this bad boy up? Fat Julius Randall. <laughs> Shout out Kamiar. Had to get it in since Kamiar's not on the pod tonight. Touche. Uh, Touche. Uh, how many Julius Randles would you have to trade to get Zion Williamson? Six? All of them. Seven? <laughs> how many are there? I don't know. You have to clone <laughs> him, take his children. Orange Julius Randall. Oh, I dude, how long has Benson had an Orange Julius? Yeah, so no good, kidding. Though. I remember getting Orange Julius at Crossroads Mall in yes. Oklahoma City. That's what I was about to say. Julius, it was always in the mall. Then you go... You go over to Annie Ann's and get cinnamon and sugar pretzels, yes. oh, and you're yes. just living the dream. Agreed. God, you make and the diabetes. This is erotic. We gotta move on. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. You better wrap it up. It's done. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. Hold on now. Hang in there with me. About that. Hey, can you read? Wrap it up. All right, guys, so season three of the HBO original Westworld comes back this month. Let's go. Yes. I'm I got to finish season two. I oh, haven't yes, finished season you do. two yet, so I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, so if you're not familiar, Westworld is a show about a thematic park. Uh, it's a Western park, so the whole, like, it's a theme park, but it's, like, miles huge, and, and it's all, like, an old Western. Uh, and it's populated by AI, who have eventually become sentient. Uh, while the show focuses on the Western park the western themed park uh at the end of season one no spoilers but you get to see that there are other parks like a samurai slash feudal japan world and you're like oh my gosh so there's there's west world there's samurai world what other worlds are there so my question for you guys simple if we could create a massive theme park with high functioning ai in our real world today where you could go and hang out what theme or world would you choose oh, i'm excited for this one you want me to go first? So my, or no, you, you I love Game of Thrones. First. I'm not going to, to Westeros. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> See, that was... My first pick would be Pirate World. That's a good one. Uh, sign me up for, like, some old school swashbuckling and, like, Pirates treasure hunts. Caribbean. Like, that would be so much fun. I would be puking on the boat, so I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> I was going to go, so not specifically Westeros, but Medieval Times. Give me that all day. I'm totally in for, like... 
you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Game of Thrones, um, Skyrim, The Witcher, all that stuff. Put me in like medieval times world and uh, give me a sword, show me some dragons flying overhead. I'm all in on a on that for for Westworld, whatever it would be. Um, Westworld, mid- medieval. That's mine. I'm, I'm into it. Mine would be uh, hands down would be Middle Earth. Oh, that's a great way. I'm going to. There, there's so much to do, man. Right. I could go to the Misty Mountains. I could hang out. Uh, you could in, walk for in, like nine hours. Yeah, yeah. literally. Uh, whenever I need a day off, I just go chill and freak at Hobbiton uh, in the Shire. <laughs> and I was going to say in the Shire, yeah. You could eat second breakfast. Drink some ale. Yeah. Oh, my and, God. And uh, eat second breakfast, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. I like the idea of going like. In, the, in kind of established worlds like that, not just like a time period or a, a culture, I think it would be fun to go into uh, like Pokemon world. Yes. Oh my like, gosh, yes, dude. We were talking the other night, kind of reminiscing about like the Pokemon Go that days so when true. everybody was outside staring at their phone pretending to catch Pokemon. Like, what if that was real? Yeah. And right. like you could actually just like walk around and battle and that'd be so I much can fun. get my bike and just bike all over the place Ain't, and then surf on the back of Pokemon. You don't have to work. You're just going and yeah doing your thing I stay 10 years old forever exactly yes. yeah no kidding Ideal. Oh, no kidding oh, i love that that's a I'm great in. answer any other video game world you'd visit oh i mentioned skyrim Ooh, give me a halo world that's kind of oh, scary that would be fun i like, could have a vertical the, the same yes. height as zion <laughs> like hook me up with some of that armor let's go on the on a warthog and get wild i'm into <laughs> it um definitely don't want to go to gta world That'd be bad. Oh yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that wouldn't last very long. A great game. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Zelda, Zelda World That'd would be, be cool. Going to That'd Hyrule cool. would be cool. I'm trying to think what else. What what movie Call world? Of Duty. If, if, <laughs> 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 it's called the Middle East, buddy. Uh, movie world. What, what um, movies? Uh, if you could go to a world, uh, a world based around a movie, what would you choose? About like Avengers, I'd probably choose like Star Marvel, Wars World. Marvel world. Star, oh, Wars Star Wars would be dope, yes. man. Yeah. Star Wars would be dope. Uh, obviously, Middle Earth uh, kind of falls into here. That could also go into like a, a book, a story world as well. Marvel World, something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that could be kind of cool. Um, Solid. Put me in a, a Space Jam world. Oh, Let me hang yes. out with Bugs Bunny and okay, okay. play some hoops with MJ and Bill Murray. I can dig it. Um, and then TV shows. Any any worlds based on TV shows that you would like to visit? Uh, Taylor's already mentioned The Witcher, which would be really freaking cool. Have either of you guys watched um, Lock and Key yet? Not yet. I haven't no, got started yet. Getting to go to, to like Lock and Key, which is based in the United States, but but the world where you could like find magical keys and do stuff with them. Uh, that would be pretty cool. So I, I would enjoy that. I've mentioned this uh, this TV show. Me and Calm Your Boats were huge fans of it uh, on the pop before, but like getting to be in the office would just be a blast. It'd be so much fun. fun working under Michael Scott. Um, and then so you're gonna go to a theme park to go to work. <laughs> Fair. Fair. That's a good point. I guess we're still talking theme park. I was just thinking Dream like big. putting myself Dream in big. a TV show. That'd be that'd be a fun one. You'd always laugh. Um, do you guys watch The Good Place? Yes. Or I guess did you? I've seen it. Since it's over now. Take me to The Good Place and give me a Janet yes. so that I can just like say whatever I want and they'll bring it to me. Like that would be incredible. Oh, My nice. favorite thing is like Mother Plucker or <laughs> right. Holy. The, you know, in the, in the Good Place, you cannot curse, so it's a lot of like Holy Forking shirt yeah, holy, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Ah, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. So Jacob be out. <laughs> yeah, I, I would not be allowed in. 
I'm trying to think of any good animes that I've watched that I'd like to go to to an- the the world of like an anime, like Dragon Ball Z world. Oh man, that'd be just, crazy! God, I just go and hit the gym with Goku every day. <laughs> he doesn't even do that. He's just doing like push-ups and eating sensu beans and yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any others. Those are some good ones. Uh, hey, if you want to, which yeah. you, you you should totally do this, uh, for those of you listening, tweet us uh, at the underscore uncontested. Let us know what theme park world you would love to visit. If we could fully um, populate that theme park world with high-functioning AI where it was like you were living in that universe, uh, we'd love to hear your answers, and, and maybe we'll tweet out some of our favorite ones. So So holler at us. Uh, guys, anything else before I pump our outro music and, and we get wrapped up with this bad boy? Another big week for Thunder Basketball. We got the uh, Clippers on Tuesday, like we mentioned, but and then we have a back-to-back. Detroit the next day, I believe, which means yep. that we probably won't see Gallo. And I think we had the Knicks on Friday. Is that right? Yep. At MSG. At One MSG. of the rare appearances of the City Edition uniforms oh, outside of Oklahoma City. That's cool. Nice. There Fun you go. Fact. Good fact. I like it. I like it. Uh, so what do you guys got them going this week? Three games. I, two and one. I got two and one with a loss to the Clippers. F it, I'm going three and no. Yeah. E of little faith. I'm gonna say that's I think <laughs> I think it'll be a competitive game against the Clippers though. Oh, that's the post game. Whoops, man, I'm not good at pressing buttons tonight. <laughs> this is the song we want. That hey, thank you transition. so much for checking out the podcast. Our downloads on this podcast have been steadily climbing ever since the turn of the new year. And that is all thanks to you guys who listen to us. We really appreciate you. So, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your mom, tell your grandma. Don't tell your grandma. She'll probably be offended by me. But tell everybody else and uh, get them on the uncontested because we love getting new listeners. We love getting new Twitter followers. We love getting people interacting with us on Instagram, on Reddit, on Facebook. Make sure you follow us on your favorite social media site and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts at. That way you get all these episodes downloaded directly to your device. We got podcasts after every single Thunder game uh, and dropping Sunday night slash Monday morning. This episode, our, our general weekly episodes. Make sure you're getting those as well. Shout out to our podcast network blue wire pods make sure to check them out and our sponsor for the week betonline.ag if you have a lot of money go bet it and make more money uh, just like the capitalist you are man that's all i got you guys have a great beginning of your week we will be back with you tuesday night after the thunder hopefully beat the los angeles clippers until then and as always thunder up Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.